insert gay card. I'm repeating we're not in Kansas anymore. Wish I knew how queens isn't. I'm gay. You can't love yourself. How in the hell are you gonna love somebody else? Can I get an amen of me? Fasten your seatbelts. It's going to be a bumpy night. Hi, I'm Robbie Rosell, and my pronouns are he, him. I'm Rob Schneider, and my pronouns are he, him, and welcome to Gay Card Revoked. Robbie, happy Trans Visibility Day. We are recording on Trans Visibility Day. What an important day. Indeed, what an important day. It is so wonderful to see so many people uh, supporting on Instagram and uh, using social media, not only as a place to post beautiful pictures of your dogs and cats, but as a place for social change. And I just, wouldn't it have been nice when we were growing up to have something like that so we, would, we knew we were not alone? Yes, yes. I, I do think that if social media existed when I was a youth, um, many meltdowns would exist. <laughs> oh, I really? Oh, I would have had them very publicly. I think we all know that I wear my heart on... Uh, I don't even wear sleeves, but it's there. <laughs> on your it designer is, sleeve, yes. Correct. But, like, if, uh, listen, I had to go and lock my live journal at one point because things were intense in my life. Um, <laughs> I will say, friends, if you, uh, if you haven't yet, you should add your pronouns to your uh, social media bios. Yes. Um, it, it helps uh, normalize that, and it, uh, it's, it's just a, a sign that... Um, you're a safe space. Yes. Uh, you know, yes, please create a safe space for everybody. That's, that's kind of, if you're listening to this podcast, hopefully you do practice, you know, creating a safe space for everybody. I have to yeah. ask you though, very quickly, Mr. Roselle, yeah. you had a live journal. What was your live journal name? Do you remember? Diva Robbie. Oh, you again, branding, branding, old, branding. That was my AIM name and it stuck for all time. I go and I pick it up in things I will never use. TikTok. I uh, just so nobody else has it. The, like truly, the only thing I don't think I've ever had is like a parlor account, just because I I don't want somebody to grab that name I and mistake it for me. Anyway, also today is a big day for you and I, Rob. Why? This is our twenty fifth episode. Happy twenty fifth! Oh my God! Happy twenty fifth! Quarter of a century. Quarter of a century. How long have you been in the mailroom? Twenty five. Twenty five years. It's a little how to succeed for everybody. Um. <laughs> Happy, 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 hey, that's wonderful. I've, I've enjoyed 20 out of the 25 with you. Yeah, that makes and sense. You can guess which five I'm not a fan the of. Books. <laughs> the books. I'm not kidding. I'm totally <laughs> kidding. No, I've enjoyed every single second of that. I can't believe that we've had 25 episodes. That's amazing. It's almost been a year on the air. I can't even believe that. And honestly, like, I don't know, like the listeners don't really know that this whole thing was your idea. <laughs> that's very sweet of you to say. It's true. But you came to me and you said... In a I dream. Have an idea. I listen. Every day, I get an email from somebody that's I have an idea, and usually it's like their cabaret act or their album. And can I pick your brain for not even a cup of coffee? Can we jump on a Zoom now? Um, right, because we're not seeing people. So, uh, but you sent me you sent me a text and you said I want to start a podcast. I have an idea, and this was born. That's that's so sweet of you. Thank you so much. I I thought you would be perfect for this, and I think what we're doing is, uh, I don't want to say important because that makes it sound self-aggrandizing. It's but important, I, but I think it's good to be having a place <laughs> where. Thank you. It's good to be having a place where we can, as as queer people, celebrate all yeah. of the wonderful artistic things that have been created. Who was it? Who was it that said if there were no gays and no Jews, there'd be no art? I I. Larry Galper. I don't know. Maybe, maybe somebody like that. No, that's an actual, that's an actual yeah. quote. That's an actual quote. And I feel that's maybe it was Mel Brooks. Um, oh, and, that's very possible. And that's, but that's so, so true. So why not celebrate all the great things that we have given to the world? Listen, it was your idea. You came, you asked. And at the time I said, listen, I would love to do this. You just need to know that I don't have time to like edit episodes yeah. Uh, and you're like, cool, got it. And so Rob edits every single one of these episodes himself. Oh, He's nice. a damn dream. Uh, somebody said, snatch him up. <laughs> Find him on anything that ends in er, Tinder, Grindr, uh, Bumbler. Parlor uh, and, uh, li and live journal er. Uh, you know my uh, live journal a name? Dream. Hey, that's what? so sweet. I forgot to tell you, my live journal name was Uncle Arthur 25. Uncle Arthur. Because <laughs> I was a big Paul Lynn fan. Are you 
we need to cover him at some point. I didn't even need to really come out in college because my live journal name was just Uncle Arthur 25. And I think that's a... I mean, you kind of had to because uh, your age, nobody knew who that was. And well, at my age, I don't think we didn't really have colleges. Thomas Jefferson had just started one and we all oh, said, let's go. That's weird. That's- so when you picked up Benjamin Franklin after he passed <laughs> out from the lightning... <laughs> Is that why you have gout now? He, uh, it's why I have gout, but he... Mm-hmm. Man, I'm so drunk. <laughs> you see what I do? Yes, Ben, we all saw. So great. I create so great. electricity. Okay, and Ben, if we... if you love electricity, go to Con Ed and use our code. Fuck! <laughs> <laughs> so, folks, I think I cut out a majority of this last time, but it made me laugh. Um, I, and Robbie, we talk about this all the time, which is, you know, there are so many podcasts where I think the promos are longer than the actual episode. Uh-huh. And they always come up with the oddest promo codes we've ever heard. And I don't know why, but he fuck question mark was one that Wait, I thought I'm sorry, we should there was have. a question mark. Because you he were f- just doing a voice. Half of me was like, is he being Mickey Rooney in Breakfast at Tiffany's? I'm not no, sure. No, no, no. That never even entered my mind. No, mine mine was uh just he fuck. Like it's an aggressive uh, question. It's wild. So, so once again, folks, uh, go on over to uh, coned.com. Coned.com. Enter your account ID number and yep. the promo code. Hey, fuck. And maybe they won't turn off electricity in your building tonight. Let's see what happens. I mean, they could. Speaking it's, of electricity. It's coned. Yes. <laughs> We are going to talk about something electric today. We really are. We're going. We're going back in time a little bit, uh, mm-hmm. and because you gave me an assignment, and I completed the assignment, and that assignment was to not only finish season one of Tales from the City, um, yeah, or t- uh, yeah, Tales from the City, Tales of the Tales City, of. Jesus, I have the same from the crypt. You're doing you know, great. I have the same problem with Sex in the City. Is it Sex and the City or Sex in the City? Oh God, now. I have to no, no, don't get it. paranoid. I just sometimes I have the same problem. It's Folks, sex what is and it? the city. Sex and the city. Yes. Sometimes I go sex in the city. But Why this is you? this is tales of the city, not Can't be tales in from the city the because crypt. they go to Staten Island. Sometimes. That's true. Oh, that's 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 tales of. <laughs> sorry for you. Um, sorry for Dubai. That. So, they, oh, they do go to Dubai. Yeah. Isn't is Liza Minnelli in the Dubai one? Yes, yes. Yeah. Seventy-five year olds Liza Minnelli. Hey did Liza, happy birthday! Thank you so much. How did you How did you spend your seventy fifth? Well, okay. So Michael Feinstein, who lifts me up and shows me off, he he had a birthday party for me, socially distanced, of course, and he played for me, and I sang songs, and Joan Collins was there, and Michael was there looking pissed off while he played, and it was. I coughed a lot. It was grand. It was sweet. Uh, I, you know, listen, I, I know that a performer should be paid for performing, but your rendition of Just in Time with Joan Collins was great. Could you, could you give me a little bit of it? I would be delighted. <clears throat> Just in time. That sounded like mama. Okay. Just in time. I found... <coughs> Time before you came, my time was running low. That's great, Miss Minnelli. Thank, Thank you so much. Thank you so much. And what was the best gift you got for your birthday? Well, okay, it was actually a hula hoop from Lucy Ball. Oh, oh, I'm opening my gifts again. What did I get, nurse? Oh, look at that. It's a box of tissues from Mr. Whipple. Oh, he's ironic. Oh, what's over here? A macrame Bible from Three Stooges day player Emil Sitka. Wow, he's niche. I'm really got niche. Oh my gosh. Yeah, so folks, shout out to every listener who (laughs) listens to us rambling before we actually get into the assignments, but that was good. (laughs) Thank you so much. Oh, Oh. a Where's Waldo from Tina Yothers. (laughs) She's ironic. Anyway, 
I remember so my, seeing so, a comic. So my job, <laughs> my job was to watch all of Tales of the City. So Robbie, I come to you now with knowledge and opinions, not only on season one, but on all four seasons. Of, so just, he did not read all the books. Again, there are nine books no. in total. And Rob, uh, while a writer, Can't not a reader. Read. Can't read. Uh, not, a, not a lick. I hope you're reading that Paul Lynn bio. I, I, uh, I'm staring at the pictures. Yes, you know, you, uh, Robbie, will, I know we'll talk about this on a future episode. Yeah. Robbie found me in a, an amazing Paul Lynn biography, which is just out of this world. And so I'm devouring it now. So we're going to talk about that someday. But today, we're going to go back to Tales of the City. Uh, we as you know, talked about Tales of the City on a previous episode with Vince Gatton, um, who is wildly dreamy and so articulate and wonderful. It was a good episode. Uh, but now it's just going to be you and I talking about your thoughts, feelings, and opinions on the other three miniseries that have existed. Yes. Um, boy, what a ride. That's the first uh -huh. thing I'm going to say. Oh, and I forgot to tell you before we went on the air, um, uh, Christian Campbell from Trick. Yeah accepted my friend request and now i'm uh, friends with christian campbell well he's trick. vaccinated so trick two here we come i'm i'm so ready i forgot to mention that before we jump into this wow so i felt mm -hmm. and i don't know how people and once again so please forgive me because i did not grow up with this and i'm so late to this party and i have not read the book so i might be totally off base on a lot of these things however mm -hmm. i found that this show got wackier and wackier as the seasons progressed and do the books do the same thing? Yes and no. Okay. Some, some things were added to the series. Uh, for instance, mother Mucka, who we'll talk about in a second introduces um, uh, Anna Madrigal to a gentleman uh, that doesn't exist in the book. Uh, things just happen to these people. And like, I feel like what you missed because you didn't read them like, uh, you don't know that Laura Linney goes on to a nationally syndicated talk show, hosting a syndicated talk show. I mean, I found out in the fourth series, but right. there was nothing really leading up to that, which is exactly. fine. Yeah. Um, like, things happen. I'm trying to even remember if Mona I'm, goes into a convent. Like not on the she, TV show. She's living in a con. Well, she fully disappears from a book, and then she's found living in a convent well she disappears from the television series i think yes. after season three i think after season three you don't see her anymore yeah okay so let me let me wrap up season one if i can and, and my thoughts on this first of all i absolutely loved season one mm -hmm. i thought the it's acting perfect. it's perfect the acting is perfect perfection the story is perfection i yeah. love seeing a san francisco that is uh you know not riddled with a plague as of yet. Uh, and you're seeing all these people at the, in, in the heyday of this era. And I had mentioned this before, and I really found a beautiful payoff on this, which is I really loved Anna and Edgar's storyline. I mm. found myself so invested in Olympia Dukakis and is it Donald Moffat uh, and their performances mm. and watching these two people who I feel didn't really embrace love because of the both of the societal conventions that they were dealing with. She obviously had insecurity and he was in this loveless marriage. And so to watch them um, take down those walls and especially him with to have a clock on it because he was dying. I just was so invested in their story. So while you're watching that on the other side, you're also watching this, this brilliant performance from Laura Linney. My God, is she a brilliant actress um, mm -hmm. who's able to play innocence so well and yeah. you and she grows in a way that's believable the whole time the whole time because i mm -hmm. think you'll agree with me that you know there are some sitcoms where between like season one and season two you go this is a whole new character that They're getting you're dumber. playing usually specifically in sitcoms yes like the first two are level, right? Yeah. They're using their yeah. show Bible, but then they just get dumber, so weirder things can happen yeah. to them. And and uh, to and, yeah. and to watch her become more confident, but never change who Marianne Singleton is, mm -hmm. to me, I think is I, if you're an actor and you're watching this, please watch how she modulates this performance over a character's forty plus year uh, span of a life. So that's pretty amazing to me. And I'm going to be honest with you, this is an actress that I'm now madly in love with. I had no idea really who she was prior 
to uh, wow. seeing this television show. No, no, sorry, not Laura Linney. I apologize. That oh, was a bad tra- Jesus. Bad uh, transition. My- <laughs> no, I, I, I absolutely love Laura Linney. Barbara, Barbara Garrick. Garrick. Barbara Garrick, who plays mm-hmm. a Didi, right? Uh, no. Didi Halcyon. Yeah, Didi. So uh, I, her performance out of anyone in the four series just rocked my world. Mm-hmm. To, the fact that she starts off at this as this pampered individual at the beginning, and then you know she goes to she goes through this very dramatic you know lifestyle change. Her husband, she's very happy, dies in the car accident. I thought you were <laughs> going to find out she cut the brakes at some point, uh, but that that did not happen. To going into a same sex relationship, to having these kids, to going to Jonestown, then yes. coming back from Jonestown, um, a, a shell shocked survivor, mm-hmm. but. For me, season four, the last season, the most recently filmed. Yes. She turns into and emulates her mother. Isn't that fascinating? And I think her, yes, the writing is brilliant, but the way she plays it is just genius in my opinion. So I love, what else is Barbara Garrick done and i feel so bad about asking that question but i'm so madly in love with these this performance she gave on all these series so she went to juilliard um and uh did a thousand clowns and oh so she's a stage actress yes but also did a ton of soap operas okay guiding light as the world turns uh she was a cult follower on when i to live that showed up for like a year uh, actually, several times she kept coming back to it, um, and uh, and she pops up in things. She was in uh, Far from Heaven. Oh yes, okay. Oh yes, yes. Oh god, that was a good movie. She's in uh, Postcards from the Edge. She's in Sleepless in Seattle. Uh, she's so, ma- in Blue Jasmine. Oh my god. So Miss yeah. Garrick, my my apologies for being so late to your bandwagon, but I'm happy that I'm here. So those were my initial impressions of season 1. I left season 1 feeling really warm, feeling really elated. I felt like I wanted to see what was going to happen to these characters next, and then we turn into season 2. And boy oh boy, more tales, oh boy, of, the more tales of the city. Yep. And I got like replacement cast like Whoa, uh, yes it, I, sure it was it unsettling because it was like i'm like well she kind of looks like mona yeah. but it's not mona and that's they're saying that's mouse and i know that's not mouse I so know. i i had a little um anxiety on the first episode of season two because so, so many people were replaced uh mouse uh brian hawkins uh mona that's a huge one um yeah, uh, yeah. Dorothea, so, insane. Oh, every so okay. So as I understand yeah. it, on my on my research, first of all, I think Paul Hopkins's mouse is adorable. Totally different interpretation than season yeah. one mouse. Mm-hmm. And I think you prefer season one mouse, right? Because he's my first. Because he's your first, and your it's first is always like, your best. You know how the first version of Metal Ark is the one you always go to. Away, there we are. Yeah, it's weirdly not yours that I go to. Mm, mm, that's it's odd. Sarah Brightman's because that's the first one I ever heard. Fly yeah. away, boy, Meadowlark. Here's what nobody can see: is he fully did the chipmunk cheeks? I, I, I'm I can on do this a, uh, audio medium. Audio. Well, you know that's that's my my <laughs> my best jokes for the podcast are visual, folks. Yep. Um, so, okay, so so I I really like Paul Hopkins. I great. He's just not Marcus uh, D'Amico. He's not your Marcus D'Amico. And so, yeah. okay, now wait a minute. I want to I talk about Marcus D'Amico here mm-hmm. because I was doing some research on why Paul Gross, Chloe Webb, and Marcus D'Amico, Brian, yeah. Mona, and Mouse did not reappear mm-hmm. for the second series. Paul Gross, basic, he had another series commitment. He couldn't get out of it. Okay, great. And he shows up again in season four for us. Yes. So, okay, we know that he likes the project. He's coming back. So here's what I learned about Chloe Webb and Marcus D'Amico. So Chloe Webb, who was playing Mona, mm-hmm. wanted more money than anybody. Oh, that's not a shock. And they were on a favored nation's contract. Mm-hmm. And they said, you know, Mona's a great character, but she's not above Anna and she's not above Marianne. So she left and was replaced with Nina Simasco? Uh Yeah, Simasco. Okay. Here's where I'm, uh, this is where I was like, oh, I don't know how I feel about this. So walk me through this. Mm-hmm. 
is it imperative that Nina's Mona looked like Chloe's Mona? Because they both have like the same like red frizzy hair and sort of the same. I mean, that's sort of how it's written. In, in the book, is that how yeah. she's described in the, the book? Like so the she doesn't need frizzy hair thing. Yeah. yeah. So that does need it's to be consistent. Very much like a hippie. Okay. Because I don't know. I think I felt like it put Nina at a disadvantage to be so, as opposed to like um, uh, uh, Paul Hopkins, who took over for, Mar- for Mouse, right. where it's a totally different type than Marcus D'Amico. Yeah. Now, here's do you know this Marcus D'Amico story? Because I'm trying to figure this out. Tell me. That they approached him again to play it, and there were some concerns from him about maybe being typecast as a gay character. Yeah. Uh, and years later, he did Angels in America on stage uh, and said he used to get typecast into gay roles, but now it doesn't bother him anymore. But for a time, it did. Is, is, it means not one whit to me, madam, but is he gay in real life? I do not we know. Don't, we He's, don't know. Okay. Uh, not spoken of it. Okay. So, all right. So, first of all, episode one of season two kind of fucks me up a little bit because I'm like, the I know... It's like understudy night. And then, of course, I got into it. Well, it is. And then I got into it, and I was like, oh, okay, I'll, I'll accept the conceit that these, these are these it's people. The, it's the uh, Burnett Peters, Elaine Stretch cast. Yeah. <laughs> yes, my little night music fans. Don't yeah. give it to me. <laughs> I was there. The, I, I don't know. what. Did you see Elaine Stretch do it, too? Twice. twice you saw it twice. Did, did she know that she was doing it? Go ahead. First time, she did not get through liaisons. And uh, the the stage manager is uh, like, what's what's the name of her pianist? Rob, Rob Bowman. Rob, Rob Bowman is like he should have won a Tony Award for just noodling underneath. Right? It's the only time I've ever seen a conductor in a of a musical take a bow on stage um, because of this. So they're just noodle. She's noodling. She can't remember shit. And the stage manager. You hear this. I'm in the back of the orchestra, so I'm not, like, near the front. It, like, she's on the side, but, like, truly, over the microphone, you hear, at the castle of the Baron de Signac. And Elaine just bellows, I need more! <laughs> at the castle of the Baron de Signac. So I got so tense, I made a diamond in my asshole. Which is the next second to the penny in my pocket. <laughs> the second time I saw her in it, she got through liaisons. And it was great. And I was like, oh, we're off to the races. Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. I just have a pendant. I don't have earrings. Then get to the final scene. And in the final scene, she's there on stage with that poor little girl who's playing her granddaughter on her knees while Elaine's like in her wheelchair and this little girl's just like looking up at her and Elaine's just looking back and nothing's happening. And finally, like it's community theater, this equity actress has to look at Elaine Stritch and go, was there a story you always wanted to tell me, grandmother? And Elaine said, and you've been waiting for it, haven't you? From me to you. There was a ring. (laughs) And then, like, the snaps fired, and she went into the speech. But for a minute, I thought, this is how we die. (laughs) All of us just die collectively in the cur. I couldn't get over the fact that this poor girl had to be like, was there a story you always wanted to tell me? Grandma? Hint, hint. Give me anything. I can't. Anyway, That's, but you I, said that I, she didn't need it. Well, they she, were, she was about to get into liaisons. Uh, she there was all? there was a aren't we all? There was dead silence on stage, and out of nowhere, she like turned upstage right to where all the audience saw were trees, and she just <laughs> screamed, "Don't give it to me!" <laughs> and obviously, that's where they had hid the prompter. And uh, it was it was something. Now I don't know why Elaine wasn't cast as Mother Mucka. In uh, she would have been wonderful, right? In season two, first of all, I think Mother Mucka is the same age, if not a year younger than Olympia Dukakis in real life. Jackie, but Burrows. she does Jackie Burroughs. Okay, so so let's talk a little bit now about season yeah, two. I'm so please. sorry, I went off on the tangent. This this is where 
I'm really enjoying most of the plot lines in this season. I really am. Mm-hmm. I'm enjoying, uh, I'm, I'm loving Mother Mucka. I'm loving oh, yeah. the fact that, you know, Mona is, is on this like journey and it's going to be at a, at, at a house of ill repute. And Jackie Burroughs is brilliant, I think, as Mother Mucka, this, yeah. this age, age old woman um, who's genius. And Who I I'm, loved in the Anne of Green Gables series. She's so good. She's so yeah. good. And I'm loving the cruise ship and I'm loving that. And I'm even buying Burke and the amnesia that, you know, that she's meeting, you know, on the cruise, she meets a guy named, um, sorry, Marianne Singleton meets this guy on the cruise named Burke. They don't know, Burke doesn't really talk about so much as his past, but he like gets nauseous when he looks at red roses, right? Colin Is it red- Ferguson, yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Right, and he gets he gets a little you know grossed out by by the by the roses, yeah. and they don't know why this is happening, and as and I'm and I'm buying it that he's you know he's traumatized by something we don't know what he's traumatized by, and I kind of am going in with the idea okay he saw this cannibalistic church and and that's it so I'm I'm buying that and I'm loving Dee story, Dee Dee coming out, Dee Dee going with Dorothy, Dee Dee realizing she and and thank God Bo is what. I, what's his name? Beauchamp. Bo, uh, I know it's... Beecham? Beecham. Beecham. <laughs> yeah. I, I want to say Beauchamp, and I know it's not that. And I think Marianne I even says that in the first episode. She says, I didn't know how to pronounce your name. I feel like we should say to listeners, if you have not watched these in Nintendo, you should stop here. Because we're going to jump into some major spoilers of some crazy plot things. Like I've already that. given you some spoilers. I'm sorry, folks. That's fine. Mother well, Marka, I'll put a disclaimer. you don't know who she is yet. But I'm just saying... Stop here. Come back. Visit us again. Uh, okay. Um, go on over to playbill.com and enter the uh-huh. promo code hey, fuck, and you can see 25 things that Lindsay Mendez likes to do on the weekend. Because <laughs> just jazz ripped down. Is that the, that's, that's, a, that's Sunday. That's just Sunday. That's, that's, all, that's a Sunday for her. Mm. Um, so I'm, I'm into that. Okay, so Dee Dee and Dorothy, I'm loving it. I, I love that, you know, I'm loving that Bo, I'm sorry, Beecham is gone. That yeah. when he died in that car accident, I was like, great, you're a, not a nice person. Mm-hmm. You're just not a nice person to her. Right? right? He's an asshole, right? He was an asshole. Okay. And he was an asshole to Marianne. Mm-hmm. I just didn't like him. So I was happy to see he was gone. He was a very cute actor, but I was happy to see he was gone. This is, okay. Now, Go ahead. This is where I'm like, I think this show is, might jump the rails in the next couple of seasons. And I think I was right. I love, love, love Swoozy Kurtz as an actress. <laughs> I really do. Mm-hmm. But there's a plot line going on in, in this season that Anna's being blackmailed because the, 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 her secret, which I understand at the time, was that she's transgender, right? Right. Mm-hmm. She transitioned. Right. And uh, Mother Mucka turns out to be her mother. Um, and uh, Anna she was me- born in a whorehouse. She was born in a whorehouse. Yeah. Anna mentions that she was married at one point. We never see the wife, all right? In this season, Brian is uh, now on the rooftop apartment because that creepy sleazy guy's not there anymore. Norman. Norman's yep. not there. And Brian is having a relationship with a woman across the street where they just look at each other and they just, he masturbates and you really can't see her. She's in silhouette. Just and I'm, It's just tits. And I'm like, who is this woman and how is this going to, I kind of like that storyline. I was like, this, this could go somewhere. Okay, but folks, I'm sorry. Spoiler alert. You find out that Swoozy Kurtz is Anna's wife, is Olympia Dukakis's wife, is pissed that she was left and wants to blackmail and reveal Anna's secret to the world. All right, I can, I can get on board with that. Mm-hmm. I'm like, how is Anna going to get out of this? And Olympia Dukakis goes to Swoozy Kurtz's hotel room and looks across the street and goes, oh, you can see Brian's apartment. Oh, you must be the person. Oh, that's still your fetish, huh? And I was like, what? Like, what is happening? What's happening? So, so Swoozy Kurtz is going to get outed as like someone who like masturbates in front of a window? Like that, that, was, that was the payoff to all of yeah. this? Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, but I'm so happy with all the rest of the storylines. All right, so one's not working for me. Okay, so I really like season two. A lot of time on that cruise ship, by the way. Yeah. 
Well, that's yeah. another creature. Any of your thoughts on season two? I'm sorry. I just. No, not at all. Uh, and I kind of like the campiness and the cannibalism. Yes. I think I thought it was, it was. But I believe yeah. that's based on something true. A lot, a lot of oh, this I'm is sure. based on things I'm that sure. happened in San Francisco. So, which is like why it's like, whoa, okay. Um, like Swoozie Kurtz masturbating in front of a window? Uh, who's God, I gotta also, move to like, San It's Fran. always often that there's just some weird, uh, like, something, there's like one weird plot line, right? True. And that's the weird plot line. Um, is it this one where we find out that uh, Mona is Anna's daughter? Yes. Okay. Yes. So that's like the big reveal. Yes. And uh, and Mouse gets very sick, uh, sick and is hospitalized. Yes, he gets um, some sort. He's paralyzed. Mm-hmm. Right. Do you think that was early? Uh, because this was written in 1980. I thought that's what you were going to find out. I thought you were going to find out that he had AIDS. That's what I, I mean, thought you were going to find, find out. that out much later in the, the books. Yes, but th- this wasn't. It wasn't HIV. It was something else. Right. Yes. Yeah. So I, 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 you know, I think it was something we were talking about before. You know, in some ways it was refreshing to see somebody at that time period uh, that's gay going through something besides that. Mm-hmm. Um, but on the other hand, it just sort of reminds you that that's coming down the corner. Because isn't it when he's with the doctor at the end and he's like, oh, you got a hickey on your neck. Yeah, William Campbell. Dr. Yeah, and you John. and you know, and you know. Yeah. I mean, that I think you know. You know, it's not a hickey. It's it's you know the the first Alicia. lesion that he's going to yeah. have. So I liked how they put they integrated that into there, but it wasn't the dominant, uh, dominant thing in the story. So I think they did yes. a really really nice job with that. Um, wh- what are your thoughts on 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 series two? I kind of love it. Um, I I think for me, honestly, all the books are better the end uh and the series it's like revisiting an old friend you know after you after some time so it's like let's play catch up he, uh you know it's like your five-year college reunion 10-year college reunion whatever uh and you facebook doesn't exist so this is like how you're seeing and then and, you know they're like and then we went to this church and let me tell you who cannibalism yeah. uh <laughs> Uh, which is normal puff. which right. is no- <laughs> shrimp puff <laughs> yeah it, but that's like to me uh it's it's a lot of like uh, there's fascinating backstory i think the fascinating um mother mucka whorehouse of it all and mona going to work as the receptionist at that whorehouse um not knowing that that's her grandmother that's yeah. fascinating yeah. Oh, yeah. Listen, I I think the the character development and the storyline is so beautiful and believably interconnected. It does. Yes. To, uh, it oddly does not feel forced to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. Whereas the Swoozy Kurtz plotline feels forced to me. Yes, I would agree. I think they were. I. It, it almost feels like he was like, "What can I do with the straight guy? I need the straight yeah. guy down the line. What can I do with him in this?" Yeah. Um, and and you know he's episode of uh of the books and he's great um, the guy you know it's 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 yeah. I, like I said I like I like this idea that he's you know he's fascinated by this woman across the street that he doesn't know but they're involved in some sort of kinky sexual thing I think that's really nice I just wished there was a better payoff but you know if if everything is if ninety eight percent of it is brilliant and two percent is not then what yeah. the hell do I care. Um, now we're going to jump to series three. Yeah. Further Tales of the City. Further. And this, I'm sorry, this is where I start to feel like the balance is shifting, mm-hmm. where it's getting to be weirder and the reality <laughs> is sort of like dipping on the scale. So okay. as a reminder to everyone, um, you know, uh, we have Franny, who's Dee Dee's mom. Yeah. Uh, Dee Dee and Dorothy went off and... Um, to, to, to Jonestown. Yeah. To Jonestown. Tell and everybody what Jonestown is. 
so Jonestown, um, if you if you don't remember, folks, was this a town uh, a place in Guyana that Jim Jones, a cult leader, was running, where he he was able to get about a thousand people to all drink a poison Kool Aid and kill themselves. And at see at the end of season two, they offhandedly mention like oh, they're going to Jonestown. And it's amazing because they play it with, I don't even know what that is. And you know, oh my God, in a couple of months, trust me, y'all are going to know what that is. So uh, 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 Franny thinks that Dorothea and uh, Barbara have died in Jonestown because everyone has died in Jonestown, as well as the two kids, right? There's two, there's two kids from uh, Barbara's first relationship and they go off. Well, there. not even her first relationship. Oh, just that's the, right. Just the, but the delivery uh, man. Delivery boy. Which is sorry, Beecham. A very funny joke in the first. Yes, <laughs> in the first season. But yes, uh, so they go to Jonestown. So they go to. This was the plot line I was the most fascinated by in this season, which was they go to Jonestown. Franny, Franny thinks they died. They didn't die. Um, uh, Barbara has come back. She's come back with the kids. She said she was able to escape. She doesn't know what happened to Dorothy. No, Dorothy decided to stay in like Cuba or somewhere and become a revolutionary or become a reporter. Anyway, Barbara's back by herself now. She's got the two kids. But she's kind of convinced that Jim Jones, who was supposed to have killed himself in Jonestown, actually hasn't killed himself and is still alive and is haunting her and is trying to find her. And so you go, oh, maybe she's suffering from PTSD. Like, I don't understand really what she's, she's dealing with. But as the series progresses, you find out that, yes, Jim Jones is alive. And he is coming after Barbara. And, um, uh, I, well, spoiler alert, uh, they kill him. They kill him and they bury him in, uh, in Franny's front yard. Yep. So, which also I thought might come back at some point. In, in the next series, that there was going to be something where you, you realize like they've dug up the body and that was going to be a problem. How did right. this guy die? And that did not happen. That, that's okay. I just, you know, just because I think it doesn't always necessarily mean that it's a good idea. And does Insert it... joke here. <laughs> does it also come out in the series that Dorothea is actually white? Yes. And taking pills to darken her skin? Yeah, that was also while. fascinating that Dorothea was... Mm-hmm. Um, trying to pass herself off as a black individual and was actually white, but she couldn't get work as a white model. So she became, uh, she tried to become black. So that's, I forgot about that storyline. That was also really interesting. And I think that's also based on a true person that there was a white model who did the same thing. So I think that's also based in some autobiographical uh, elements. And then we also have mouse going through a revolving door of men and somebody says at some point like you're dating all the village people and he 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 is true. He, yes, he really he really goes through there's like a cop there's a oh wait hold on because i wrote this down there's a uh, uh oh, oh construction oh. worker right yes a cowboy a cop and a movie star who's based on rock hudson case tyler yes cage Cage, I'm sorry, Cage yeah. Tyler. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Joel Gray pops up as like Cage Tyler's butler. And I was like, good to see you, Joel Gray. What a gift. What a gift uh, to the world. <laughs> so happy um, you're here. He's based on Rock Hudson. And in the novels, he's never named. Anytime that his name appears, it's just uh, underlined, like fill in the name. And then, um, so, okay, so I'm loving, I like Mouse's journey. I like Mouse's journey of, you know, going through lots and lots of different relationships and never really landing on one. Because I think then season four, his relationship with Ben Mm -hmm. then becomes, you feel like it's been earned at that point. And we'll talk about that a little bit later on. This is, I kind of forget that Marianne is a part of the series in season three. Yeah. I really do. I feel feel Mm -hmm. that she shows up and you're like, oh yeah, you're still in this thing. She's the TV, she's doing the movie thing on television. She introduces Uh the movies and she really wants to be a reporter. And Sandra Oh is the lead reporter and she's jealous of Sandra Oh. And who's not? And really who's not? And they have Sandra (laughs) Oh in the best 80s outfits I've ever seen in my life. So she looks brilliant. Great job on costuming over there. And And she's raising, oh, we didn't even talk about the Connie Bradshaw of everything. Well, Connie Bradshaw doesn't happen until. No. She's, now it's well she happens she's in both 
Both of them. I wait. I thought see in season three, Connie Bradshaw is working at like that sleep tank place, and then she's dead by season four. But oh, she yeah. doesn't. She doesn't have but the kid dies. in season three, does she? Yes, and leaves the kid too. That's in season three. Yeah, I don't remember that. Isn't that horrible? Yeah, um, because is that when she ends when uh, Marianne ends up with Brian? I believe so. She's I thought Brian. they end up with Brian, but I don't. I don't thought. I didn't think there was a baby yet with Brian raising this kid. Uh, hold on, because the fourth book is called Baby Cakes, <clears throat> and pa 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 pa. Uh, in Baby Cakes, Michael uh, Michael's uh, man, John, dies of AIDS the previous year. He's lost contact with Mona. We don't even, this, this, none of this is in season three. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's, that's when she and Brian get together. Yeah, I know. Yeah, she, in season three, she and Brian get together. And I feel like you do see Connie Bradshaw, but she's working at this like weird, weird place where they go into a sleep tank. But I don't think she has a kid at that point. I don't remember her having a kid. I well, feel like that all comes, at least in the screen. television series, that comes later on. I remember that they just got married. I don't remember there any, anything about a kid. Well, like Connie dies. It's she, Connie's child. Yes. No, no, no. But that, I think that's all discussed off screen in season four. Interesting. I think. I don't. Folks, help us out. I don't remember seeing in season three. Because Mary Ann Singleton's plot in season three really is chasing down the, um, the Jim Jones story. And she, mm-hmm. want, remember she, she wants Barbara to give a, a tell-all. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they kidnap Sandra O, oh, and they keep Sandra O oh in the basement, and then Sandra O oh at the end is like, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell everyone." And Mother, Mother Mucka recognized yep. her as one of her girls at one point, <laughs> and she's like, "If you tell it, it, it gets into soap opera territory." It's very much like a. a and, it, this is a little too convenient. Like well, all the wrap ups of Tales of the City are like that. And, you know, I think maybe that's where I have a little bit of problem with the show as it goes on, which sure. is, you know, season one and uh, elements of the other seasons, they're so beautifully grounded. Mm-hmm. And you believe these characters and you understand their journey and you understand their motivations. And then it'll just sort of go off the rails a little bit in in this very odd world. And you go, how am I supposed to marry the two of these things together? And I feel like season three is more odd stuff because Mary Kay Place falls in love with a guy who lives in the park. Mm-hmm. And then you find out that that is Jim Jones. You know. What a gift. It's, 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 it's a gift. So, but, I, but my thing is, I just, I feel like I lose Mary Ann Singleton. In, yes, in season you're three. right. That's but, exactly right. I do think that uh, with all these books, it, with so many people that you're keeping tabs of, it's a lot like a, a gay Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's a great like, way of putting it. Oh, I'm watching them now. Uh, this is the story that I have to focus on. and uh, Or like Game of Thrones, where you're just moving around chess pieces, right? Um, that's exactly what it is. It's not Reno Sweeney's story the whole time. No, no, and I, th- I think that's that's such a brilliant way of putting it. This is Lord of the Rings for the homosexual community, so I agree with you. Now, I left season three going, okay, okay, cool, cool. I was like, that's that was fine, no, neither here nor there. Sure. Now, yeah, we're going to jump 20 years later, mm-hmm. and they're going to make Tales of the City Quattro part four yeah now somehow folks they've lost 10 years on everything because anna i think is celebrating like anna's like 60 in 1976 and then they're celebrating her 90th her 90th birthday in 2020 and i'm like she'd be 100 right you would think like what what where'd those 10 years go 10 years are unexplained marianne singleton has since come off she's now uh she was a a a very it looks like a successful national television reporter for a little bit she was like uh white oprah she had a talk show talk show she had a talk show she's now the spokeswoman for this like a snuggy type product Mm -hmm. she's married to very sexy michael park um lives in connecticut they're not in a happy marriage and she's become her mother she has become her mother. You're mm-hmm. absolutely right. She has become her mother. She's not with uh, Brian anymore. You find out that she and Brian have a 
daughter mm-hmm. named Shauna, played yeah. by Elliot Page yes. from Juno. And Juno, once again, is one of the most brilliant movies of the <gasps> 21st so century. Yes. So if you have not seen Juno, go watch it. And Elliot Page is Shauna. Mm-hmm. And you, you're led to believe that Shauna is Brian and Marianne's daughter. And that so Mar- Marianne left the family uh-huh. to go pursue her dreams. And Shauna harbors deep resentment that her mom has up and abandoned her for her career. So interesting in the books, uh, it is made very clear, not to Shauna, but to the reader that it, Connie died. And the last thing she did was like, say, take care of my baby. Yes. Um, so th- that's very clear, I think, in the book. But yes. in the television show, mm-hmm. it's a couple of episodes in before Marianne looks at Brian and says, D- you never told her that we're not her parents? Yeah. And that Connie was her mom. And he says, Which no, I-, I, do- I think also in the book is that way. Sean, okay. there's always the big secret, right? Yes. Every book has the big secret. And so Whatever I, that big secret is. Yeah. And I was like, okay, I'm, I'm into this. Like, I'm, I'm really loving this Shauna, uh, Marianne, Brian plotline. I really am loving the plotline uh, that Mouse is now with a guy named Ben. Um, oh, my God. This mm-hmm. scene. Oh, my God. I was like, this is some of the best writing on television. Mouse brings Ben, his 20-some-year-old partner, to a dinner party. Uh, yeah. that's all these gay men of a certain mm-hmm. age. And one of them, Stephen Spinella from Angels in America, a great actor, uses a pejorative word for transgender. And Ben calls him out on that. And Stephen Spinella has one of the most amazing monologues mm-hmm. about privilege and assumption that I, I was I was dazzled and amazed by the writing of this and steven spinella's performance is great and i love that steven spinella says to him at some point he goes just because you saw angels in america in college doesn't mean that you're woke and i was like you were in angels in america steven spinella yeah, look sure at were. that meta what's um, also fascinating mm-hmm. about those that this new set of a gays right um is they're all very well-known theater performers openly gay theater performers yeah malcolm yeah. getz steven spinella Friend of our pod, Brian Bat, John Brooke, Glover. Brooks S. Manxis is in there. He doesn't have oh, any yes, lines, Brooks. but he's there. Aww. Dan Butler, I think, is in Dan there Butler. still. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's just fascinating to me. Yeah, and I that that whole plot line, yeah. I was so engaged with 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 the age difference and mouse. Okay. Then um they bring on uh uh Jake and Margot, which yes. new I'm all characters. New characters in the house. And I love them too. Jake mm-hmm. and Margot, um, Jake uh, has recently transitioned, yes. right? Jake mm-hmm. is, uh, was, was a woman when he met Margot. Yes. They started a relationship together. Since that time, Jake has uh, transitioned, mm-hmm. now identifies as male. Yes. And what does that do to that relationship? Specifically and- because the, the girlfriend is a lesbian the girlfriend is still she is a lesbian she's attracted to women and now jake does not have that identity anymore and jake not only doesn't have that identity anymore now jake also then gets on grinder and wants to try being with men and i think that so brilliantly encaptures so much of the conversation that's going on at this part in our in our history about what is labeling and what is identity and what does that mean and um, do you have to go into quantification and do you have to go into that and I think these two actors are fabulous in these two roles and I really enjoy I I really enjoy this storyline I really enjoy this Mm -hmm. storyline I think it's the best of the new in this Mm -hmm series yeah because Mm -hmm. this is where it starts to go off the rails for me and i'm very sorry there are two twins that also live in the house that are very uh social media hungry and Mm -hmm. they want to become social media stars and it just it feels so odd to me it it feels so forced. And I think you could have characters like that. I, and I think there's a commentary to be made on let me capture it but not actually live it. Um, 
and it's more about people's validation of my experience as opposed to my experience. But I, and these are two brilliant actors in their own right, but they just, it's so hard. It's so difficult. Yeah. And it makes me a little cringy when I watch it. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought that it was going to be wrapped up that the twins, that these two twins were actually Barbara's kids. Mm. From yeah, way back, I did too, actually. Because when they, because the twins go over to Barbara's and they go, "We want to, can you be our sponsor?" And I thought you were going to find out, yeah, that's that's their mom. Of course, she's going to be their sponsor. Mm-hmm. That never happened. That never yeah. happened. So I, I was thinking that might occur, did not occur. That's okay. That plot line gets a little wonky for me. Just weird. It's it just feels forced, like grafted. And then Randy grafted, Eileen grafted, Nika grafted, Lanzaroni. How dare you! Um, get you all in there. I grabbed a joke. That's uh, staying in. Um, the okay, and she's mm-hmm. such a talented actress. Um, Zosia, Zosia Mamet. Uh huh. Yeah, okay. the documentarian. She's a documentarian. She is documenting um, uh, the house. She's documenting the house and Anna, and she wants an interview with Anna and. Once again, Anna's being blackmailed. Poor Anna. She should, every, every she's season, she's being blackmailed. Yeah. All she wants to do is like just have a nice house and smoke out, and everyone just wants to blackmail her. Yeah. So she's being blackmailed. She has another secret, something that we're really unaware of. We don't know what's going on with it. Uh, we find out what the secret is, as, and we'll talk about that in a second. Mm-hmm. But we don't know who the blackmailer is. And the blackmailer right. ends up being Claire, the documentarian, and they give, they give her this end episode like the monologue, you know the muscle, the muscle, the mustache twirling monologue. Yeah, the why some, am I the villain? Here's yes. why it went off the rails. It feels so odd. It, you just go, what is happening? Like what is you, this whole show has gone off the rails? And then they ask you, well, can you, it's hard to be invested in the cartooniness of that and the reality of like Mouse and Ben's mm-hmm. story yeah. or, you know, Marianne trying to make up for the fact that she was an absent mother, regardless of whether or not she is the actual blood mother of uh, Shauna. Yeah. And I, so that felt a little wonky to me. I love Victor Garber. I love Zosia Mamet. I love Olympia Dukakis. It was just one of those things where I was a little, I was a little yeah um and okay so now let's talk about olympia dukakis's second secret what is the set what is she being blackmailed for this season so uh so she it turns out paid for her surgery uh as she was transitioning with dirty money and uh the 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 money from the bars mm -hmm. that were trying to give transgender people and gay people a safe home Right. Right, because her husband... Oh, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. No, go ahead. Her Her husband. Her fiancé, nay, husband. Right. um, Well, actually, I think it's a fiancé. I don't know. Do they actually get married in it? I know they live together. Uh, Well, she did have the child, and it was a different time, so... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But who's to say? Her husband is a cop. This is 1960s. Her husband is a cop. Mm -hmm. The cop does what a lot of cops were doing in that time, which is they would go and they would shake down bars that were queer identifying to offer protection they would get a cut of the receipts right so what the husband what the cop is doing because he finds out that anna's transgender but hasn't had the full surgery yet decides that the money he's going to take from these establishments he's putting aside to pay for her surgery yeah and he gives it to her at the end even though they break up Mm -hmm. and it's dirt. It, it can be construed as dirty money that you you know you were robbing your friends and taking advantage of your friends to pay for this your surgery, yeah. and it's such a moral and ethical dilemma. I, the uh, one whole episode is a flashback episode that just mm-hmm. deals with that, and I think it's beautifully done, beautifully done, um, and beautifully directed, beautifully acted, beautifully written. Two beautiful trans actresses. Yes. It's, mm-hmm. it's, 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 it, that is very good. That is very good. But they just make this documentarian character who's the villain just, it, it's, it's so snidely whiplash. It, yeah. it feels like they're tying Olympia Dukakis to railroad tracks. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it just, it doesn't have the payoff that you wish it did. 
you wish it did. And I like, you know, you had said this to me when we first started talking about the series and I hadn't seen it, which was, you know, in the first scene or the first episode of the new series, uh, uh, Marianne Singleton goes and she sees Anna Madrigal for the first time and their eyes meet. And you said that you were very emotionally moved by it. I was too. I was Mm -hmm. too. And I was hoping that season four would really focus a lot on the heart of what this community, and I understand there has to be conflict. Of course there has to be conflict. Right. But I just felt, is this really what we want to do with it? I, I love the idea that she's being, I mean, I don't love the idea that she's being, black, being blackmailed because it happens right. to this poor woman <laughs> but, every but fucking like, so time. Like every but fucking I, time they're blackmailing Olympia Dukakis. And she's just trying to retire and grow some weed. She just wants to smoke out and be left alone, people. Why can't you give this to her? She's given us Moonstruck. She has given us Steel Magnolias. Oh, she has God, given us that. relative of Michael Dukakis. What more could we want? Trivia. In real life, who was Olympia Dukakis married to? I'll tell you. Louis Zorich, best known as Mr. Buckman, Paul Reiser's father, yes. on Mad yes. About You. Which, you know, I'm currently watching. How are you liking it? I'm, it's great. I'm, God, in season, good. I'm near the end of season six. So I think they're the most believable couple on television. Yeah. Paul Reiser and, and Helen Hunt. Also, people who grow. People who grow. Boy, do they grow. Yeah. Boy, do they grow. So let's talk about the growth then in Tales of the City and how did you get to be here of it all. Of these people. Yeah. That was a Merrily We Roll Along reference for both of you listening. Thank you. Um, First thank notes you. of my album. Thanks so much. I, we're, we're, once again, songs from Inside My Locker, now available Street. on iTunes. <laughs> What's uh, the discount code? The discount code is <laughs> It's not okay. hey fuck, he fuck. Um, so, Let's talk about believable, believable. They could have. This is one thing I really applaud about this this entire series, which is these characters change, but not in such odd ways that you go, "Who the hell is that?" You believe that Barbara would go back to be her mother in some respects. You believe that Marianne would become as conservative as her mother. That Brian would still be aimless in life. That Mouse would still not be able to figure out what he really can he allow people to 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 be trusted you buy it mm-hmm. you buy it it's the odd characters that pop up the new characters that i'm like why is it the new character it's just it's poor zosia mammon and the two the two <laughs> twins everything if they had cut those three things i'd be like we have a perfect series truly they could have cut them had one less episode and called it a day you don't need that no. And I like Shauna. I'm, you know, I forgot to mention, I, I've, I've left Elliot Page out of this conversation. I don't mean to. I really like... Excellent. 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 Mm-hmm. Excellent. I love Never, the... Elliot Page is incapable of turning a bad performance. I love the character of Shauna. You mm-hmm. believe that while she's not the biological child of these two people, you believe that she was raised with the mentality of she these two the people. She is the emotional child. She is the emotional child. Mm-hmm. She has... Um, Laura Linney. Yeah, of Brian and Marianne. And I absolutely believe that 110%. And Elliot Page does such a nice job of navigating what could really be an unlikable character because we've known Marianne longer than we've known Shauna. And And because Laura Linney gives you that take care of me sort of thing, you want to. Laura Linney is our friend, right? We talked about this in the last episode uh, that her character is Dorothy and is taking us through this Oz of San Francisco. Yes. And yes. we care about Dorothy. So when TikTok from Return to Oz shows up, we're not interested uh, in Shauna. I think this but... is the gayest analogy I've ever heard <laughs> in my life, but I'm here for it. I've given you so many today. You have. I love it. Honestly, if we titled episodes, Name of App would be uh, an analogy among us. <laughs> so. <laughs> Because alliteration. Yes. Analogy <laughs> approaches. Yeah. Oh, yes. <laughs> Gangels in America. Gangels in America. Sorry, go <laughs> ahead. I apologize. I cut you out of the, the brilliant analogy. No, but so like, but we care about Laura Linney so much. And it stems from that very first episode of the first series. And 
even though she I told you, I can't remember if I said it on mic or off that people that you people will change through this series and you will co grow to love people you did not like and you will not like people that you loved like uh uh um oh god what's her name uh, garrick uh, barbara garrick barbara garrick you don't initially like her no no but you fall in love with her through yeah. the course of the series laura linney you love and she does some questionable things like leaving her child so she can go be a tv star but with the caveat that that's not her child. And I'm saying that with huge air quotes. Um, so she maybe didn't have that emotional investment. Correct. Or locking Sandra O in a basement. I mean, wildly different. And who among us has not locked Sandra O in a basement? That's so true. I, I have to let her out of mine. Oh, that's she likes it though. She, she likes to have a good time down there. <laughs> she makes me watch Sideways with her. Remember Sideways? Yeah. It was a good. She was great in that movie. Oh, she was great in that movie. I just thought you were gonna make like an under the Tuscan sun reference or something, but you went right to sideways. I ain't that gay. I I, I, I I'm edgy gay, so I'll give you sideways. You're edging. I, I, please, I wish. I'm I'm edging closer to the end of this episode. So. <laughs> Ah, so okay. I am. I am. Yes, and you did say that on air, and you were absolutely correct. Which is mm -hmm. I. Thought I'd hate Barbara, loved Barbara, thought Marianne was always going to be my girl, and I could, I was, I was ashamed of her in season three. Yeah, where I'm like, you're trying to exploit Barbara's trauma to mm -hmm. to get a story on the air. Yeah, and then in season four, I'm like, you left, you left the 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 kid. It's not your kid, but you still left the kid you behind. Left your kid, yes, to be yes. A, and and to do. Oh, and then when when um. You find out that uh, Sean has been taping the episodes of her just to watch her mother. Oh my God! I was like, oh, yeah, that was get out. Moment. So good, so I, good. I like the only person who you always feel the same thing for is uh, Olympia Dukakis. <laughs> Stop blackmailing her. <laughs> <laughs> um, and Mouse. There's always something yeah. lovable about Mouse, and he continues to grow, make mistakes, but always ultimately is like this lovely wonderful human yes i like mouse i all, all three actors that have played mouse i've really enjoyed paul you know yeah marcus d'amico um uh uh um no 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 i wrote his name uh paul sorry marcus d'amico and paul hopkins mm -hmm. uh, and the first murray, two murray bartlett is yeah the, the new mouse marie um, is that his name marie murray oh murray i thought you said marie no. Marie, the baguettes, hurry, hurry up. up. It's a uh, Beauty and the Beast reference. Uh, That's for so the Disney gays. That's for the Disney gays out and there. And now if you go to DisneyParks.com and put in the promo code. Fuck. <laughs> That's it. Thank you. <laughs> That's it. So, folks, th I, I thank you so much for letting me go back to San Francisco. Robbie, thank you so much for completing a massive hole in my gay education. Now, which have is you been to San Francisco? I have. I've been there once. Not my city. Oh, really? No, it didn't, didn't feel right for me. It was my honeymoon, San Francisco. Amazing. That's great. I always wanted to see it because of the series. Oh, I love that. And I, I did find the, the house that uh, Barbara Elaine is based on. Oh, I love I also went with children when I went, so it was a very family-friendly vacation. That sounds so I, awful. I, didn't, I had a good time. I think they had a good time. Listen, I mean, I was just there to eat bread. I love bread. Yep, same. So uh, I love San Francisco. I love Tales of the City. I love bread. I love you. I love you. This was this. Uh, thank you so much for encouraging me to watch this because without your encouragement, I probably would never have sat down and watched this. And folks, I should I should also say, I binged these. I was so invested in what was going on. Mm -hmm. I just I binged one right after the other. So even though it got crazy, he still was like. Yes, I want. I'm still watching. Absolutely, absolutely. I do not regret at all my time with this, at all. I, I had and I, I learned a lot, and I found it so moving. And I'm thank you once again. And I'm I hope that maybe in ten years they'll do another one where Olympia Dukakis now is fifty, and they've I don't know how they're doing the aging. This time they actually she's just roll her into a marijuana. 
<laughs> they just uh, smoke her. <laughs> and then they and then they blackmail the joint. It's gonna yes. be great. Why wouldn't they? they why and wouldn't Asner they? will show up. Uh, <laughs> but Asner showed up. That was a very that was enjoyable for me. Some it's fun cameos in this, by the way. That's Some true. really fun cameos. So how would you rate them? One one through ten. I'm gonna just say series one. Oh, nine. Series two. Eight. Series three. Six. Yeah. Series four. Five. Really? Five or six. I might actually bump that to seven. You would bump to seven? Yeah, because I think that the trans storyline is so important and wonderful. Yeah, you know what it could be for me to be... No, I agree with you. You know one of the things that could be for me is that because the last two episodes were so heavy on who's blackmailing her and 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 that horrible... Her breakdown on the balcony with Molly Ringwald as her mother... Oh, yeah. They're like, okay, cool cameo. Like, yay. Um, may, I think maybe that left a taste in my mouth mm-hmm. that I was like, uh, yeah. Because, no, yeah. The, J- the Jake and Margot line I really, really loved. Mm-hmm. And I love Shauna. Yeah, maybe, you know what? Uh, let me rank higher because you're absolutely right. I'd probably okay. give it maybe six or seven. Yeah. I mean, series one and series two f- feel so good to me. They are. And I loved Mona and I miss Mona. Yes. I and will I under- say yeah. I didn't love this Mona as much. I think Mona needs a little more of a lived-in quality, and this second Mona was a little um, fresher. Face. She was fresher. No, Chloe Webb did a great job as Mona in the first one. So. Chloe Webb is so brilliant. I, if you've not gone and listened to the original Forbidden Broadway album, she is on it. Listen and to that, folks. She's wonderful. All right. So we're jumping. We are jumping. Tales of the City. I'm going to send Moppins. Tell their tales, right? Nine-part opus to a different kind of tales. Tell everyone where we're going next. Well, my friends, if you're a gay of a certain age, you might remember the iconic, brilliant actress, Miss Shelley Duvall, best known for her role in The Shining, but my personal mm-hmm. favorite, Olive Oil, in the Popeye movie. He's got money. Oh, it's so good. Tell He's me. large. <laughs> That's not one of the most brilliant performances ever put to celluloid. Well, Miss Shelley Duvall had a lot of famous friends, and Shelley Duvall is a big fan of uh, fairy tales. And if you remember, in the early 80s, she created something called Fairy Tale Theater, which is... Hello, I'm Shelley Duvall. Camp Galore. It is Camp Galore. Mm -hmm. And we will be doing a nice dive into Shelley Duvall's Fairy Tale Theater. I can't fucking wait. Uh, I can't wait. I think it's going to be marvelous. They're all on YouTube. There yes. are 27 episodes total. You don't have to watch them all, but you definitely, it, much like Rob watching anything, you're going to want to binge it. Yeah. 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 Um, it's, there's some really good ones that I really like. So, <laughs> so here's, uh, I'm, we used to do themed drinks. We don't anymore, but I'm going to raise a glass to you, friend. We've done 25. Happy 25 listeners. Thank you so much for listening to us. We hope you're enjoying this show. Uh, and the next couple of weeks, we're going to be announcing some surprise and surprising some fun things that we're going to be doing with these, with these shows. We're going to have uh, promo codes, promo codes yeah. um, for you fuck. And <laughs> also Serta, Serta mattresses. Those are the twos. He fuck and Serta mattresses. Yeah. Um, Better help because we all need it. Uh, <laughs> ain't that the truth at this point? Oh my God. Um, I'm thrilled. Again, I just love you. I'm thrilled that you asked me to do this. Uh, friends, follow us on G Revoked. Bethany Ann Selecki is making so much great social media yeah. content and uh, would probably enjoy your hearts and likes yes. and comments. And we also, you know, like, like any lounge singer, we take suggestions. So if there's something you'd like us to cover or you think that we should be exploring, go ahead and reach out to us on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram and let us know. And we'll see if we can get it in there and do a nice deep dive into it. Robbie, I'm so happy that we're at 25. We're almost on a year. I love you so you much. Thank it. you so much for doing this. I feel it. <laughs> um, thank you so much uh, for this. And I can't wait to jump into Shelley Duvall's Fairy Tale Theater with you. That's what she said. See y'all in two weeks. Thank <laughs> you.